if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to Matthew 26, 41. I want to talk with you about the biblical keys to help us handle temptation. We're all tempted, some of us more than others, and we want to deal with that. That's an everyday deal, and we need to have the biblical wisdom about it. Our verse says, keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. This morning, we're going to look into those times in our life when we are tempted to do the wrong thing. Temptation is man's oldest problem. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. I want to read a part of a letter to you this morning. And I want to see if you can relate to what is said. I am so full of myself. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but end up doing the other way. Doing things that I absolutely despise. I decide not to do badly, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Can you hear the frustration in in the writer of that letter? Boy, it's there, isn't it? It just kind of jumps out. It appears that he's ready to throw in the towel. To call it quits. The interesting thing that I find that this letter was not written by a dope addict. Uh, You know, some guy out on the street that's just kind of wandering around. It's not written by a prostitute or by a pimp. It's not written by a down-and-out alcoholic in the Bowery. It was written by the Apostle Paul over 2,000 years ago. This letter can be found in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, if you ever want to study it. The truth that we need to begin with this morning is that we all, every one of us, all of us struggle with temptation. There will never come a day in our lives when we will be so spiritually mature that we won't have any temptation. That day isn't coming. So we have to get ready for what is coming. I want to share with you this morning the keys that I found in the Bible to help us handle our personal temptations. I have some points that I want to make. Point number one, expect temptation. I tell you this because I don't want you to be caught by surprise when it comes your way. I want you to be prepared, ready to face it. You need to understand right up front that it is not a sin 
to be tempted. Sin comes when we give in to the temptation. The little four-year-old boy's explanation for being in the kitchen, standing on a chair at the top uh, eating the chocolate chip cookies, was, this was his excuse, I climbed up there just to smell them, and my tooth got caught. (laughs) The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we are, and yet he never sinned. He never gave in. You cannot stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. You cannot stop Satan from bombarding your head with horrible, terrible ideas, but you can decide not to dwell on those ideas. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been in an attitude of prayer? You felt like you were just really close to the Lord, and all of a sudden, this terrible, horrible idea is in your head. And you don't know where in the world that came. It just jumped in there all of a sudden. You couldn't hardly believe it. The tendency, you know, if you're not a strong believer, is to think, well, gosh, I wonder if I'm saved. Uh, You know, things like that uh, coming into my brain. I promise you that you will never outgrow temptation. That isn't going to happen. You will be tempted And it's not because you're evil, it's because you're a human being. It's what you do with temptation that makes it right or wrong. What is the antidote? What can you do to face it and fight it? One of the things that will help us, of course, is to be prepared for the devil. Matthew 26, 41, our our text this morning says... Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So the first thing you need to do is to be prepared. When God gives you an idea, we call it inspiration. When Satan gives you an idea, uh, we call it temptation. You are free to choose whichever of those thoughts you want, and whichever one you choose, you'll spend time with. There are seasons in life when you are more vulnerable to temptation. It's very different for each one of us that are in here today. Some people feel much more tempted when they're alone. That's when the temptations really come to them. Other people feel like the most temptations get a hold of them when they're in a crowd. You know, it's just the opposite. Uh, Some people feel like they're most tempted after they have been successful at something. They have a big success in their life, and then all of a sudden, here's this horrible temptation that comes. The solution to this is to understand what gives you the most temptations and then to be prepared to deal with them. Let me remind you that Jesus' time of being tempted in the wilderness, you remember that, follows his baptism, a real spiritual high time in his life. He had just been told by God that his life was pleasing to the Father. What an unbelievably wonderful compliment. 
Sometimes in our lives, success is followed very quickly by temptation. And, and they're very, very close together, and we need to be prepared for that. Point two, admit that you are capable of yielding to temptation. One of the things a lot of us do is to blame somebody else for the temptations that come our way. We blame our parents. Your parents might have been dead for 40 years, and yet you're still blaming them uh, for whatever it was that's gone wrong in your life. We blame our friend. We even blame God. You remember Flip Wilson? Flip Wilson said, the devil made me do it. You remember him? Uh, Well, did you know that the devil cannot tempt you without your cooperation? Did you know that? That's in the Bible. This is a verse that uh, I don't hear people talking about very much. James 1, 14. You might want to put a little star out there so you would remember this one. James 1.14, each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. Did you get that? By his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Now, if you didn't have that internal desire, the devil could not tempt you. For example, I have never in my life had a desire to take uh, illegal drugs. Uh, I've seen what that does to people, and I think you're an idiot if you do it. And so, I mean, that's never been a temptation to me at all. But if you flash a tray of homemade chocolate chip cookies (laughs) in front of me, uh, you know, it's right out of the oven, the smell, you know. I'm probably going to go for that. Uh, when a pecan pie is close, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go for that. Our problem in America is that we love to blame other people. We love to blame them. Everybody else we blame for our problems. In most cases, there's nobody to blame but ourselves. If you're facing a temptation that is constantly giving you problems, You are never going to break that cycle unless that you admit that it gives you real problems. It's not your parents' fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not the school system's fault. It's not society's fault. You have to admit that you are capable of succumbing to temptation. Point number three, you want to seek help from God. God is on 24-hour-a-day call, seven days a week, 12 months out of the year. He is on call for you and for me. He's willing and ready to help you with any temptation that comes your way. Let me ask you, why don't we ask God for help when we are tempted? Why don't we do that? I think there are at least two major reasons. One reason is we don't ask God for help because we don't want his help. We don't want it. There are times when we want to give in to whatever the temptation is. We know it's wrong. 
We know the bad consequences that will come from it. We know that nothing good will come from it, but we want to give in. There are also those times when we do want his help, but we are ashamed to ask him for his help because we have fallen into that trap time after time after time. There are those times when we are too embarrassed to call on God again. We know that God remembers everything, and we've asked him to help us a number of times, and we're just a little embarrassed to do it again. Well, don't be embarrassed to call on God again and again, because unlike human beings, he does not have a limit on his patience. You know, people have a limit. You keep bugging somebody about something, there'll come a time they'll say, hey, forget it. But God doesn't do that. God is always there. God always answers. God always hears us. God always loves us. He's right there. His love is everlasting. His compassion lasts forever. You and I need to understand that God is approachable. He is very approachable. What does that mean? It means that you and I have someone who has already escaped the temptations of life that we are struggling with. So, if he has been through it and resisted it, it makes sense that we would call on him for help. That makes sense. Why do you think we don't call on God in our major time of need? I believe it's partly because the world teaches us that we are weak. We're just weak if we don't have the willpower to change. The only problem with that is that our willpower doesn't work. That might work for a week. It might even work for a month. But you will succumb if you are only depending upon your willpower. God did not create us to depend on our willpower. He created us to depend on Him. To depend on Him. Point four, share your battle with a friend. Now, I'm not saying we ought to go out of here and get a big megaphone and and tell everybody in this area what our temptation is what our big, big problem is. We shouldn't do, I don't think we should do that. But I do want to encourage you to share your struggle with another Christian, with a strong Christian. And one of the great things about our church is that there are a lot of people here that are giants for the Lord, that are prayer warriors, that are people that know the Word of God, that love the Word of God. A lot of people like that here. And we can call on them to help when we are facing a struggle in our life. Why a Christian? Because Christians can pray for you. Christians can build you up. They can help you really grow quickly in your faith. You need to associate with people who can help you. When you're in the middle of a struggle, don't go to somebody who is just going downhill in the same issue that you're going downhill. That's not smart. You don't want to do that. You will end up pulling each other down, and you don't want that. 
you may have to disassociate yourself with some people that have been friends of yours for years. You know, there are some people that are pulling each of us down. It's always that way. People on our street, people in our club, people here, people there. Might even, you know, be some people that we've known since we were in high school. But when they're around, they are pulling us down. You don't turn to them. You turn to a strong Christian person. If you have trouble with the opposite sex, then don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be tempted in that way. Men, if you're having trouble being faithful to your wife, don't hang around with women who are very open to having an affair. I know exactly what some of you are thinking this morning. Pastor, I don't need a support group. I don't need another uh, single Christian person uh, because I don't uh, have to struggle with it. I'm not struggling with anything. There is a southern Greek word for that. Hogwash. (laughs) That's the word, hogwash. The very fact that you are unwilling to share your weakness with anyone is a part of the problem that you're having. Sometimes you have to swallow your pride before you can recover. And I know that's hard to do. But that's what we have to do if we're going to really grow and overcome the issue that besets us. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before a fall, a bad fall. It goes before destruction. In, in many ways in our lives. You would be amazed at how many people have the same problem that you do. So many p- people, I, you know, I've been counseling folks for over 50 years. So many people come and say, Pastor, I know that nobody else has ever told you this. And they start telling me, and I, I want to interrupt them and say, I've heard that 472 times. <laughs> you know, we, we really are not, facing anything that is brand new or that is just hurting us that never happens we need each other first corinthians ten thirteen says no temptation has seized you except what is common to man it's common to man what you're facing a lot of people have it. we all are in the same boat We all struggle with many of the same temptations. It only makes sense that if we would band together with God and with a strong believer, that we would overcome, that we would have the victory over whatever that particular temptation is. Point five, avoid tempting situations. If you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees. If you don't want to get burned, stay away from the fire. I mean, they're very, very obvious things. Figure out where you're tempted and avoid it. Just stay away from it. If you're out of town on business, you need to figure out a plan that will help you in your faithfulness to your husband or wife. Call home at a certain time. Spend some time there with some other Christian believers. The Bible says flee from temptation. It doesn't say walk. It says flee from it. It doesn't say stay a while and try to be strong. 
It doesn't say that. It says flee. It is telling you the best way to handle temptation is to get out of Dodge. Now listen, when Joseph was being seduced by Potiphar's wife, uh, he ran. You remember reading that in the Bible? He ran. That's what happened. He thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. He ran. He ran right away. On the other side of the coin, you remember when David saw Bathsheba bathing on top of her house? He didn't flee. He didn't run. He didn't walk. He just set a chair down and got some tea. He stayed right there. He kept looking. And guess what? Uh, he succumbed to what was happening. We sometimes cannot avoid the first look, but we can resist looking again. The way you handle a tempting situation is to leave. All right, number six, last point. Claim God's word. Claim it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I've had a lot of people uh, say to me over the years, Pastor, I just, I just couldn't do anything about it. I just kind of got swept up in it. I just couldn't do anything about it. When you say that, you had no choice but to give in to the situation. You know what you're doing? You're calling God a liar. That's what you're doing. God has told us that he will always give us a way out. You don't have to be swept into that. It may be difficult, but he will always give us a way out. And that's very important. How do you resist the devil? You resist him by preparing for the temptation. Life is a battle. We all know that. Our problem is that we attempt to go into battle sometimes without the proper armor. We need the right armor. We need to go into the battle with the assurance of our salvation. That is very important. You've got to know that you are strong, that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. We need to use the Word of God to our advantage. It's the owner's manual for our lives. You know, cars have owner's manuals. Big machines do. There's a, there's a manual for you. It's the Bible. Tells you how to work. Tells you what not to do. Tells you places to look out. It helps you last for a long, long time. It's your manual. God has given us the ability to resist temptation. If you learn the Word of God, you will have the ammunition that you need. When that moment comes, the temptation is there. When Satan comes to pull you down, you'll be ready. What method did Jesus use when he was tempted? You remember that out in the desert? He used God's word. If the creator of the universe used God's word to combat the devil, what makes you think that you can get along without it? If you are falling to temptation again and again, and again, and feel like you're about to ruin your whole life, ask Christ to help you. 
Ask him to help you. Pray that he will help you. And do these six things that we have mentioned this morning. Call on him and he will reach out to you. Years ago in Dundee, Scotland, there was a man who had fallen down and broken his back when he was 15 years old. Way back then, there were not doctors that knew how to fix what was wrong with him. And so he was in excruciating pain every day for almost the whole day. Whenever he would move, it would cause him terrible, terrible pain. Every day for 40 years, he had suffered acutely. The man was a Christian, and every day God's grace helped him. Many people came to cheer him up, and some people came to pray for him. Some people came to pray with him. He was a very strong Christian man, and these friends that came by were, of course, very helpful. One day a visitor asked him, Does Satan ever tempt you to doubt God? Oh, yes, the man said. Satan does try to tempt me. Every day I lie here on this bed and I see old schoolmates of mine pass by on the street. Some of them walk hand in hand with their wives. Some of them play catch with their sons, and I can't do any of that. Satan has whispered to me a few times over the years and has said this, if God is so good, Why has he let you lie here all these years and suffer while your old friends are walking and running and just doing fine? Well, what do you do when Satan tempts you? The visitor asked. The old man on the bed pointed to a very large picture of Calvary that was on the wall that was close by. Every morning, some friends would bring him outside where he wouldn't have to be inside all the time. And this great big picture was on the wall close by. The man said, I just asked Satan to look again at the cross. I point to those deep wounds that Christ suffered for me. And I say, isn't it wonderful how much my Savior loves me? He continued by saying, Satan got such a scare over 2,000 years ago at the cross and he can't stand to be reminded of Calvary. He leaves me quickly when the focus is turned to the cross. That bedridden saint had little trouble when temptation came his way. Ask Christ to help you this morning. And he will. Maybe there's somebody in the house today that has never trusted in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Today would be a great day for that as we begin the new year. You could really set your aim and your goals that would be in alignment with what the Lord would want you to do in your life. Maybe there are some folks here today that have been visiting with us for a good period of time. Maybe you'd like to come and join our church and be a part of our family. We really need a church family to be built up in the Lord. If you'd like to make any of these decisions, I'm going to be standing right down here at the front. If you'll just slip out and slip forward and come and take a stand for Jesus during these moments, he will certainly stand 